Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. What's up, Andrew? It is good to be back for another Friday edition of the podcast. Yeah, great to be back as always. We've been doing this show for two and a half years now, and last Friday was the second time by my account that uh, during that stretch there was a Friday show that didn't have one of us. So <laughs> it does feel like we've been gone for a really long time, uh, but we did do the uh, Chicago Bears game recap, so we had a Friday-Sunday show, um, and then a 10-11 day layoff for us. So a lot has happened since we've been on last, and, and I'm really excited to get going today. Yeah, it's good to be back, and I'm sure the people were more than satisfied to listen to Ben Fennel and Andy Herman help them out last Friday. I'm sure they missed us dearly, but they probably they were fine. In. Yeah, adequately. You know, what's mediocre is you. Mediocre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is good to be back. And in some ways, it's hard to believe that we are entering week 14 of this NFL season. We're starting to hear about playoff scenarios with uh, just a couple of weeks left here in the regular season. Uh, but this weekend, the Packers traveled to Ford Field to face the Detroit Lions, who have recently parted ways with coach Matt Patricia, as well as their general manager. And now Daryl Bevel is coaching this football team. And it's pretty obvious that the Lions are kind of leaning into their future. Uh, The present is a little bit of a mess, although they do have some playoff hopes still alive there. But uh, the Lions do have a lot of talent on this football team, and it doesn't matter how sideways a Detroit season seems to be going, they are always a threat to play one of their better games against the Packers, especially over there in Detroit. So Andrew and I are here for another round of key matchups and X-Factors to help you get ready for Sunday's game against those Lions. Yeah, it's wild, and and you jogged my memory about Daryl Bevel taking over as the head coach, young Andrew his first memory of Wisconsin Badger football is Daryl Bevel wearing number 10 at quarterback and running the <laughs> option to Brent Moss and Terrell Fletcher and leading the, the Badgers to their first Rose Bowl victory in who knows how long. And, That's a good throwback. Uh, so it, was, it, was, it, it, it always kind of stuck out to me. And then he was the quarterback coach in Green Bay with Brett Favre. Yep. Uh, of course, went on to Minnesota and was their offensive coordinator, I believe. Um, bounced around a little bit and now he's getting his his gig at head coaching which I think a lot of people thought would happen a long time ago and so um, this will be interesting for sure I, I I know things haven't been going quite so well in Detroit for for Daryl Bevel but um, you know one of the things that that I'm going to be paying attention to on when the Packers are on offense 
is their passing game. And and the, the Packers only had 240 yards passing in the first matchup of the season. And I think there's some avenues to improve that statistic moving forward. The greatest development in the offense to me has been Robert Tunyon. And there are some areas to exploit for Tunyon in this Detroit defense. Jared Davis has actually been really great in coverage, surprisingly. But Jamie Collins and Reggie Ragland have been super mediocre in that area. There's that word again, mediocre. Mediocre. And Jelani Tavai has been one of the worst linebackers in the league. He's played 422 snaps and has a pro football focus grade of 35.4. Let's say that's uh, not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah, near near the bottom of the league. Uh, I think he's like 81st out of 85 linebackers, if my memory serves me. And if I could take a quick sidebar into this conversation, Tavai was a draft pick that you and I were not very fond of for Detroit. And he certainly has not lived up to being drafted in the second round Um, and kind of the high second round too. I think he was like the 42nd overall pick. So oof, rough. That's how bad teams stay bad. But getting back to this key matchup, the goal of the Packers offense will be pulling those linebackers up. So you have Davis, Collins, Raglan, they're veterans. The only way to get them to move up is establish the run. So hopefully we see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams clicking. And once that occurs, Tunyon is going to have lanes to run behind those linebackers. So, you know, one other thing to consider, you've got Big Dog, you've got Jay Sternberger. They can have an impact because Matt LaFleur loves to rotate those tight ends in and out. As somebody who owns Robert Tunyon in a fantasy football league, it is really frustrating to see him off the field like half the place. <laughs> but I, I love what they do. They they flip their personnel a lot from, from a game planning uh, standpoint. It works really, really well, and and you know certainly in Lafleur's scheme, you're going to see a lot of versatility and interchangeability amongst those uh, tight ends. And so, what's going to be really interesting in this game on Sunday is is this tight end group. And one of the reasons that I'm going to hear jump into talking about uh, why another reason why I think Devontae Adams is going to have a big game, and that there may be some other opportunities for some wide receivers, is because there are a lot of question marks surrounding that tight end position. It looks like uh, Jay Sternberger has not quite licked. His concussion, um, and it looks like uh, Mercedes Lewis was actually a did not participate in Thursday's practice with that knee injury. So possibilities, I think that they're holding out hope, and we know that the the concussion injuries in particular are nonlinear, so we don't know when we can expect Jace back. But a lot, I mean, the Packers use their tight ends as much as any team in the league, and so if they're not able to go. It's going to really pivot the way this offense rolls. You really, really called me out here live on the show. <laughs> For I not was checking just, the injury report. Listen, man, I, I was trying to cover you it, there. <laughs> Kyle just virtually slapped me in the face. No. Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. You're right. It's all right. I, just, <laughs> I, just, I, was, I did not get a chance to, to get updates on practice today. So that, that is definitely my bad. But yeah, that's concerning and, and probably a little bit more run for Tunyon. Yeah, absolutely. But good for your fantasy team. Maybe I'll talk about it more because what what do people like more in podcasts than us talking about our own fantasy team? Exactly. Let's almost let's do that. nothing. Yeah, we'll close the show by going through. Maybe, maybe we can talk about jersey numbers later. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Later. Controversial jersey and uh, alternate jerseys. All topics. Yes. People, yes. People absolutely. And for. should the Packers get new jerseys? We should keep <laughs> talking about these things. Okay. So you match us. I did say that uh, we were going to talk a little bit more about what the wide receivers might do in this game. And uh, when the Packers played the Lions early in the season, the conversation we had was about Devontae Adams versus Jeff Okuda. 
You do it better than me. Akuda. There you go. It's, yeah. You're going to correct me? Akuda. Akuda. Anyway, he's this, you know, coming out of Ohio State, young star, Alliance expected probably to be able to match him up on Devontae for years to come. Well, Devontae did get hurt in that week two matchup, and he didn't get to go crazy on this Lions secondary like he probably wanted to. And I think he's going to make up for lost time on Sunday afternoon because this Lions group of corners is a mess. First, Akuda continues to have rough and inconsistent rookie campaign which is to be expected in some ways but Akuda has missed the last couple of games with a shoulder injury and I think he had a groin injury pop up as well so um, I did see that it looked like he was not practicing this week so far so that would be a big deal um, for the Lions but no one is really stepping up to stop the bleeding with these players going out Desmond Trufant uh, has been bad and then the Lions just placed him on IR last week Uh, Justin Coleman has been a really reliable player in the slot uh, for years, for Lions and then the Seahawks right before that, he's had a really rough season himself. So um, Amani Aruwarie uh, hasn't really been good. You thought I was going to say something good there. Uh, he hasn't really been good, but he's been on the field a lot. He's played almost every snap for this Lions defense, so he'll be out there. Uh, but the Lions corners are hurt, and they are not playing well. Uh, we've all been watching Adams just absolutely light this league on fire this season. And I think Devontae has another big game on Sunday, especially considering the state of that Lions secondary. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. Yeah, and you know we we talk about roster building a lot. We talk about the draft a lot, and it, it, it's interesting. You, you see the Lions with the third overall pick, and and they kind of they they tried to play the game and tempt some teams to come up to get their quarterback. Right? They 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 were rumored to be interested in Tua and Justin Herbert, and clearly they were just blowing smoke there. And um, they couldn't get the Dolphins or the Chargers or any of those teams picking below them to give up the draft capital to move up to number three. And to me, that's a massive failure as an organization. When when you have an asset like the third overall pick yeah. and you can't get somebody to climb up for a, a quarterback in, in demand, um, that's, that's not good. And, yeah. you know, I, I am very cautious at calling out any young player, especially one with as much talent as Jeff Okuda. I mean, he, 
really he was like a one-year starter at Ohio State. And this guy is immensely talented. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get going. And I, I certainly would never think of him um, as a bust, but that yeah, not this early in his in his career, but it is weird, right? Cornerback we think is a premium position, but you just yeah. don't see corners drafted that high very often. And right. so um, to not get any immediate payoff from that pick, and then also not building a, a stockpile of of other draft assets by moving down, I just thought. You know, from from the Detroit Lions and and their general manager, that was not a good move this off season, and and so unfortunately for them, Akuda has not paid off super well. So, yeah. uh, we'll move over to. Oh, did you have something to add? Well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, like obviously there were contractual reasons why this didn't make a ton of sense, but now the Justin Herbert thing that was floated, you know, as like a should they, should they not just go ahead and move on as an organization? Because we know Stafford is a more than adequate quarterback, but that becomes even more highlighted now. If if Herbert was playing an average rookie season, they it wouldn't be a big deal. They, you know, like they can always go back to the well, like those kind of but Herbert looks like maybe the best quarterback to come out of this class until of course Jordan Love you know, down the road, let's be honest. Correct. But, correct. But, I mean, right now he's just lighting the world on fire as, as this young rookie quarterback. And, I mean, as the Lions enter into this rebuild phase, in hindsight, it may look like that would have been a better pick. And especially if your cornerback pick doesn't work out that you picked, you know, number three overall. So lots of things that the Lions may wish that they could go back and do over. It's interesting. Yeah, and we, we talked about they – they basically drafted Akuda to replace Darius Slay, who they shipped off to Philly for next to nothing. And then they went out and, you know, they got Desmond Trufant, who cost them a bunch of money. And as you mentioned, isn't playing well. And so, like, when it comes to roster building failures, you see these moves over and yeah. over. When you have the number three pick, you want to improve your roster, not replace a, a Pro Bowl level player yeah. with a rookie um, who you hope replaces yeah. that production and then you you probably don't want to be paying somebody like Trufant to be bad on the right, field. Right. Right. And so as long as we're throwing shade on the Lions, right? We're getting on a roll here. But we talked we we went through our series like breaking down these teams that the Packers were going to face over the summer and we got into they signed the um the player with the name that I cannot pronounce to save my life. Thank you. Um they paid him so much money. And he's not starting at tackle. He's now played at guard. And I don't know if he's – I think he's been hurt all season as well. Like, And they've moved him inside to try to, like, help with maybe his struggles at tackle. So just – I mean, I think it was like a $50 million contract. So the Lions just continue to figure out, you know, just paying out the big checks and just not seeing the return. So I can – as someone who lives in Michigan – I don't ever feel bad for the Lions, but I feel bad for Lions fans who year after year just see them struggle to make good personnel decisions. Yeah. So um, flip it <laughs> over to the, the – yeah, we, we always go down these rabbit holes right. in roster building. But um, it, we're going to flip over to the defensive key matchups for this Sunday. And, you know, I, I mentioned – I mentioned Robert Tunyon in fantasy. The the player that I'll be debating to play is either Robert Tunyon or TJ Hawkinson. So th- that'll be funny. Um, but I, you know, I 
I think this is a really favorable matchup for Hawkinson as well. The last time these two teams matched up, he had four catches for 62 yards. And the Packers are going to be without Raven Green Sunday and, you know, maybe the rest of the year after he was placed on IR. So Green, in my opinion, was the Hawk stopper. So that responsibility now is going to fall on Kamal Martin, Christian Kirksey, uh, maybe dropping some safeties. And I'm a little worried about this matchup because the Packers have to worry about the Lions wide receivers. We don't know if Kenny Galladay will play. To my knowledge, he hasn't practiced this week, but I did, as as was called out earlier by Kyle, I did not check on today's practice. <laughs> um, but Marvin Jones always finds a way to have a huge game against Green Bay. You have a really small, fast slot guy in Marvin Hall, and that has given the Packers fits in the past. And they can stretch your safeties. And so that really may cause the Packers to not be able to come down and help on Hawkinson. So I think he's going to have a very favorable matchup. If we've seen a recipe for success against the Packers this season, it is when teams are able to sustain drives. Stafford to Hawkinson on third down can help sustain those drives and keep the Packers' explosive offense off the field. So that, that is going to be a really big challenge for the Packers' defense. And I think, you know, one that they're at least going to have to play relatively even in, in order to um, pull away in this game. Absolutely. And that is an intriguing fantasy decision that you have to make. So I'll be curious to see uh, what choice you make. I'm I'm relieved I'm not playing your team in the first round of the playoffs in our in our league because your team scares me. So uh, in, in the podcast league. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I don't have such difficult decisions because yes. it's a very good team. Yeah, <laughs> I'm jealous. I'll bring about it later. Right, right, right. Um, but I'll I'll stick back to the topic here at hand. Let's let's talk about the defense, and I'll be paying attention to the pass rush in this game for the Packers. Obviously, we're always watching to see if the pass rush can get home. Uh, but it's gotten a little bit more interesting with the emergence of Rashawn Gary and with the reemergence of Preston Smith these last couple weeks. Um, this group really has the pieces to be a great pass rushing unit. And we heard that a few of those guys got together with Mike Pettin uh, to ask them to simplify their assignments in order to get after the quarterback. We actually, I saw a report today that it may have just been, um, uh, it might have just been Preston Smith one on one going to coach and saying, let me do what I'm really good at. You know, we've obviously seen him really uh, doing some different things in, in coverage and those kinds of things. And so maybe he just said, I need to get back to what I'm good at. But interesting nonetheless. So I'm curious to see what happens um, after this week has gone by and it's been one more week after that conversation. The Lions offensive line does have some good players. Taylor Decker is a stud at tackle, and Frank Ragnow is one of the better centers in the league. But the other three starters on this offensive line aren't exactly intimidating for guys like Kenny Clark and Zadarius Smith. So I'm going to be you know, watching this. If I'm getting specific, I'm going to be watching those two guys, Clark and Z, maybe even Kingsley Kiki, pretty close against someone like Jonah Jackson. Uh, Jackson grades in the bottom quarter of the league as a run blocker. Uh, but he's been even worse in pass protection there at guard. So there could be some real opportunities here for the Packers defensive linemen to be pretty disruptive in this game. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team 
player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And so then we flip over to our favorite segment of the show, which is X Factors. And so these are players we think can can make a, a uh, impact on this game um, that maybe aren't quite so obvious, right? So we know Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, probably going to make an impact on the game. Z, Jair. Um, but but who's sort of flying under the radar um, that, that, that may um, be who people are really talking about on Sunday? And gonna... so... You're gonna pick a I'm shiny object. I'm gonna swing object. for the fence. Yeah, you're gonna I'm, pick a shiny I'm object. I'm gonna swing for the fence, man. You ready for this, Kyle? <laughs> Give it to me. Tyler Irvin mm. goes to the IR. Yep. Enter Tavon Austin. And you and I <laughs> talked about the rumor of Austin to Green Bay two weeks ago, and I think we both really liked the idea at the time. And now he might get pressed into action with the Packers losing their primary returner and gadget player. And if there is one area where he can succeed, that is it. The Packers special teams needs a boost. And if Tavon is anything, he is super explosive. So I'm excited to see what he can do to improve field position. And if maybe he's having enough time to get on the field on the offense to run some of that jet motion. So I'm anticipating a couple of nice returns, maybe a nice run on a jet sweep or that tap pass. And even if we don't see that, he is someone who the defense has to account for when they see him going in motion. And so we'll see j- just how much of that four, three, four speed he has left. So um, quick question. I, uh, I sort of previewed this earlier in the episode, Kyle, what do you think about number 16 for Tavon? Oh, I thought you were joking. We actually get to talk about numbers. <laughs> oh, good. All right. So I, now I get myself in trouble because sometimes I forget like, significant Packers players of of history who've worn numbers and I say stupid things like that's a terrible number and then people are like well you forgot Bart Starr was 15 and I'll never live that down but I think 16 is a terrible number like I I I saw 16 and I was like oh no like he had such a bright future in Green Bay and now he's 16 so um no I I don't love it cursed by Jake Kumaro first of all who wore it before Jake? Can you think of who wore it? Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm omitting somebody from my memory of the classic 16s. You know, like back in my day, uh, wide receivers didn't wear numbers in the teens, so I'm guessing there's yeah. not a long history of it because I don't I don't recall. You know, like I, I get a little fuzzy on my memory between Bart Starr and then, like, I know a little bit about Lynn Dickey and Don Mikowski, though I can't, you know, sure. I'm not old enough to have seen them play. I'm not sure about the in-between there. Um, I I don't know. May, maybe there was a punter along the way. <laughs> I think that's not even a good kicker number. So Listen, I'm trying uh, to six, find it. 16's bad, man. They got to get him something that looks a little sleeker, right? Like, uh... I don't know. Anything but 16. Honestly, any of those teen numbers look pretty cool. I'm not a big fan of 16 for a wide receiver. I'm not a big fan of 14 for a wide receiver. But That's fair. Yeah, 14. is. I feel pretty strongly about 14. And then I guess Stephon Diggs wears 14, right? Does he still wear 14 he for Buffalo? Now, yeah. Correct. And DK yeah. Metcalf now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
they're working on resurrecting 14. That's fair. That's there good. You go. But anyway, no, I'm with you. I don't know that 16 is a great choice. That's a bummer. Really, really enjoyed this part of the show. Yeah, that's true. All right. I guess I will move on to number 13. Better number. Um, Alan Lazard is my X Factor for this game. Yeah, nice. Nice work. The the Lizard King. Uh, he's had a couple nice performances coming back from that core injury. But there are a couple reasons why I really think that this is the week that we see a big performance from him. Uh, first, I think the Packers have kind of been easing him back in. We've seen a lower than normal snap count for Lazard the last couple weeks. And so I think that that has to be the Packers being cautious with him coming back from the injury. But even with lesser snaps, number 13 seems to be the preferred second receiver behind Adams for Aaron Rodgers. And so I think we're naturally going to see his opportunities increase uh, week after week at the end of the season here. But the other factor that I think plays in here is potentially the absence of EQ. We know that St. Brown is dealing with what is listed as both knee and concussion issues, although he was back at practice today, I believe, in a limited capacity. So um, EQ has gotten you know a fair amount of targets and touches the last several weeks. And so I would expect Lazard to be the guy who potentially picks those up if EQ is not able to go, and we saw um, Malik um, turn, Taylor. Turn, Taylor, thank Taylor. you. Taylor uh, also pop up on the injury report this week, and he's not getting the lion's share of targets, but that's one more guy who's not going to see targets potentially with an injury. So I think there's a lot of opportunities in this game. We talked about how bad the corners are. Devontae's going to take one side of the field, and if they're smart, I think they'll try to limit how badly Devontae uh, takes over this game, and I think that will leave some opportunities for a guy like Alan Lazard to have a pretty good game. Yeah, and you forgot to say Alan Lazard, friend of the podcast. Um, oh, you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought I thought it was a really cool moment, you know, when when Devante kneels down to hand Aaron Rodgers the ball, and Alan Lazard kind of sneaks into the frame and puts the crown yeah. on Aaron Rodgers. That that, and then and then I I don't know if everybody noticed this part too. Then walked behind Devante and did the same thing. Oh, um, nice! Pretty, I did not see cool. that. And yeah. and one of the things, you know, I I had a. a tweet that was pretty popular about MVS hustling down and, and getting the block in the long Aaron Jones run. And I, I think that's one of the things that we often kind of forget about is uh-huh. the impact on the run game that these receivers are making. You you and I have talked a lot. And, and when we had Alan Lazard on the show, we, we talked to him as well. Like he he's a borderline, like, okay, blocking tight end. Yeah, as a right. wide receiver. Yeah. And and so, you know, you, you have Mercedes Lewis, who is one of the best run blocking tight ends in the league. I think Tunyon and Sternberger are getting much better. You have great run blocking wide receivers in mm-hmm. Lazard. I think MVS has really worked at his craft there. And that mm-hmm. is something that clearly the Green Bay Packers uh, really prioritize in their yeah. players. And so that doesn't mean that they don't have room for explosive guys who maybe aren't the best run blockers, but um, it is something that they've prioritized. And I think it's something that gets really undervalued when we're evaluating wide receivers. And so when people say like, well, they didn't make any additions to to this unit, so they don't have any talent. Like that's just clearly not true. Yeah. Um, and, and I love what Lazard is doing in the passing game as, as sort of that default number two. And, and so, yeah, I think that's a really great pick, and and uh, that brings to a wrap our X factors. Do we want to talk about a few things that that have been either hot trending topics or, or quick updates from the week? 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you, this is kind of something we tossed in here with uh, X-Factors and key matchups just a couple times throughout the season and talking about what is the path for the Lions to win this game. If things go off the rails, obviously the Packers are favored in this game, even though it's in Detroit. If things get sloppy and Green Bay leaves Detroit without a win in a frustrating, frustrating situation, how did it happen, Andrew? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's the obvious answers to this question, turnovers, penalties, the, those kind of things that can flip literally any game. Um, but if if there's anything to watch out for, I mean, we, we just saw the Washington football team beat the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, who looked like they could be stopped. We've seen the Chiefs lose in the last few weeks. Um, and so, you know, there's no game. We talk over and over and over and over. Just don't take for granted NFL wins. And I think the, the, the path for success for the Lions is ball control, like I talked about before, and that includes getting the running game going. So Adrian Peterson, um, you know, check downs to uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, finding TJ Hawkinson, if Galladay is able to play, um, I, I think Jair can largely neutralize him. So him not playing is big because then the mm-hmm. they can put Jair on uh, Marvin Jones and yeah. really just kind of let the rest of the defense focus on the run game and the underneath right. stuff. Uh, so I like that. Um, I think they have to get pressure on Matthew Stafford, uh, even though I think Stafford is a very good quarterback and, and highly underrated in the NFL. I, I think if you get pressure on him, you can turn him over. So um, I would think, you know, the, the Lions are going to have to play a, a near perfect game and, and really execute a game plan and control the ball to keep the, the Packers offense slowed down. But I, I think that's their path okay. is ball control. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And I, I was there's so many times where I we've highlighted like a player or two that we think that could make them impact play that could really, you know, tip the scales. And it's hard because this Lions team on paper is a team that is so they're so bad in the sense that they match up so well with what the Packers want to do. Like the things that the Packers want to do should be easily exploited um, for what the Lions personnel has. So, you know, that makes it hard for me to justify how this game gets away. But we personally watched a game last year in Lambeau where the Lions came out. We're not supposed to be maybe maybe more competitive than they should be this week. But they, they came out and really surprised the Packers. And Matt LaFleur in an interview that talked this week about how they know that the Lions are this team that continually pops up and surprises them. And Aaron Nagler asked a great question about slow starts versus the Lions. And so I think it kind of helps maybe that they're aware that that has happened so that they kind of come in with the mentality that we can't let this happen again. Um, but I guess if I'm going to answer the question, I do think it's it's personnel questions because I think that this this team is entering the game potentially with some injuries at tight end, which may change how they want to run offense in those those big formations. And they're they're entering really a situation here without Raven Green, where they're going to kind of have to retool how they do defense in pr- a pretty big way, considering how Mike Pettin wants to do things. So I think things should go smoothly, but I think if things get off the rail, I think it's because they may try to tailor what they wanted to do away from some of those personnel groupings, and that may just create enough of a bump in the road, especially early in the game, um, to just kind of leave a, leave the door cracked for the Lions to stay in this one. Yeah, so uh, the the next topic is sort of under the, the header of COVID, and um, there are two noteworthy things. Number one, A.J. Dillon is back. The Packers activated him off of the COVID-19 list after several weeks. 
on there. And then also the Packers announced that there will be no fans at Lambeau during the rest of the regular season. And they definitely emphasize the regular season mm-hmm. other than, you know, the several hundred uh, families of employees that they've allowed in the stands the last couple of games. So any, any reactions to that? Yeah, absolutely. It's so good to see AJ Dillon back out there. I know that like, you know, as a rookie player, you come in and you are excited about your rookie season and then it's derailed by in a normal year, you know, you see injuries pop up and those kinds of things. But this is such an unprecedented year. And he did get, you know, the feared uh, what everybody feared could happen. And, and his it seems to be an extended uh, symptom scenario. He tweeted today that he let's see, what does he say? He says, I'm happy to be back out there. Remember, COVID hits everyone differently. I'll be the po- poster boy to say that it's no joke. I appreciate all the support throughout the process. So some people kind of were wondering if, if maybe he just continued to test positive because that's something we've heard that even after you're not no longer symptomatic, you can continue to test positive for even months. And so uh, it seems like he really did have a pretty tough battle with, with COVID. And we know that like um, respiratory issues and just lung capacity is something that is a big deal to athletes. And so uh, the Packers were probably slow and letting him work back from that. But I'm sure he was frustrated throughout the, the process. And so it's good to see Dylan back out on the practice field today. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the things that will continue to be an uncertainty for years is we don't know what the long-term impacts of, of COVID are going to be. And certainly right. it could be different for, for all sorts of people. I think, you know, it's, it's very intriguing to have AJ Dillon back. And, and this is, this is somebody that is quickly kind of a forgotten player on this roster. And I think, you know, Derrick Henry has been so impactful over the last two plus seasons for for the Tennessee Titans that people forget what mm-hmm. the mentality was about Henry just a few years ago. People were talking about, like, he can't be the bell cow. Um, you know, he's he's he doesn't make enough explosive plays. He wasn't consistent enough. Go, go back and, and look at uh, where he was getting drafted in fantasy, for instance, when, and, and you can see, like, some of his production. The, the Tennessee Titans gave big money to Deion Lewis, mm-hmm. in fact, to, to be the third down back. And then all of a sudden they kind of figured out how to use him. And some of that is Derrick Henry, you know, um, figuring things out. And I don't always want to draw the comparison between AJ Dillon and Derrick Henry, but they are unique physical trait guys. Like, and, and so you stand them next to each other and you just think, wow, like what mm-hmm. could AJ Dillon be? And I think one of the things Derrick Henry consistently for his first few years in the league struggled at the beginning of the year, and then really kind of ramped things up. You Mm -hmm. get colder weather, you start to get defenses that are worn down, and the idea of them having some some Dylan drives in the playoffs is very intriguing. And this is not unprecedented, right? We saw this with James Starks in Uh 2010. He came out of absolutely nowhere. By the way, loved that draft pick. He was my seventh-round crush uh, (laughs) that year. Thought he would be really good disappointing regular season but then all of a sudden the playoffs takes off and and i think you know we we don't expect that because we expect aaron jones and jamal williams to get get the bulk of of the carries um and and the snaps but aj Dillon could be a really valuable role player down down the stretch and and i'm super excited about that i think the you know my initial reaction to no fans at lambo was that stinks it's the right decision 
And, yeah. and it absolutely is, given everything that's going on in, in the state of Wisconsin and the country right now. Um, to just, you know, number one, try to keep your, your fans as safe as possible. Number two, try to keep as many people away from the team as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, it's rough. I, I really hope that we get to a point where it's safe to have fans during the playoffs, especially if Lambo is going to be hosting a couple yeah. of, of, of playoff games. But, yeah, you know, people's health and welfare has to come first. Absolutely. And, I mean, that, that is the tough thing. Um, we've been hoping for a one seed or, you know, a two seed that would let us host playoff games for years. And if Aaron Rodgers were to get the one seed and then have no fans, that would be – just such a bummer. Uh, but I appreciate that the the Packers did not let the success of the team influence the safety of the fans and of the community because that's obviously something that could have pressed on their mind heavily in, in making that decision. And it seems like they have uh, made a good decision for everyone considering all the factors. But um, we talked about, I mean, the MVP race is a pretty big hot topic right now. It's it's the big shiny object, right? Um, mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about where things sit? Obviously, we're entering week 14. There's some things, you know, that still have to shift, and, and we'll see what happens over the next couple weeks. But uh, how are you feeling about, um, uh, you know, Matt Stafford about, winning the MVP? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, obviously, it's three quarters of the way through the season, so people are going to be talking about this stuff. and. Um, it doesn't matter to me as much, um, but but when I think, you know, MVP has become so quarterback-centric, but if there was a year for a running back to win the MVP, this is probably the year. Derrick Henry deserves a ton of consideration. I think if the Vikings sneak into that seven seed, I would, I, I would very seriously consider Delvin Cook as well okay. yeah. because he has borderline – well, I mean, he's literally carried that team, um, but – he he's uh he's he's been so so impactful but you know if 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 you're talking about the the supposed national two horse race between Aaron Rodgers and Pat Patrick Mahomes Patrick. i i would say uh you know it's going to go to Aaron Rodgers if if things stopped today and this is why Patrick Mahomes won it recently and there is always a bias towards non recent winners yeah, like last year, Mahomes wasn't was barely even considered, uh, you know, because he had just won the award. And and I think, you know, people are going to be more impressed with the way Aaron Rodgers was able to do that without, quote unquote, the same weapons mm-hmm. as Pat Patrick Mahomes has. Uh, and and so I, I, I think, you know, if it ends today, Aaron Rodgers is probably the MVP it doesn't I, today. I I think you know the Packers are set up to be really successful the last four weeks as well based on their competition. So, yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be really interesting these last couple of weeks. I have always been impressed every time they pop up the graphic, you know, because you can't watch hardly any NFL game without them popping up. You know, Rodgers and Mahomes right next to each other and comparing their stats. But the fact that Mahomes only has a couple of picks is remarkable to me because I mean we've always lauded as Aaron Rodgers as the the protector of the football and he is those things but the fact that Mahomes is doing what he's doing without the turnovers as well makes this so much harder because they're both doing it 
with the touchdowns, without the turnovers. Uh, it'll be really interesting. I'm with you. I think they'll give it to Rodgers if it were to end today and, and things continue the same. I think because of his age, I think plays in too because they know he'll only have a few more seasons. He would hate me for saying that, but um, if he only has a few more seasons ahead of him, I think they'll celebrate who Aaron Rodgers has been over his career and give him that award. And I would be over the moon excited for that to happen and, and him to have that success in the second year of of uh, Matt LaFleur's offense there. So fun stuff. If you told us at the beginning of the season that we'd be talking about Aaron Rodgers as an MVP, we'd be pretty happy. Absolutely. Uh, so good stuff there, Kyle. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit and you can find me at andrew mertig please remember to also follow at packet podcast please subscribe and give us a rating if, if you like what we're doing you can catch kyle and myself every single friday and we're going to be back next week talking key matchups and x factors as we prep for the week 15 saturday night game against yeah. the carolina panthers that's weird uh thanks for listening and as always remember 